You're listening to Resonate TL. You're listening to Resonate TL. We are your hosts. This is Ben. This is Brooksy. This is Ash. And my name is Ben Ami. Hi. A commentary podcast from the Atlanta Cheap Seats. A commentary podcast from the Atlanta Cheap Seats. Talking about local events. Talking about places to go. events. Art. Art. Music to listen to. The stuff that resonates and with us. And if we stumble upon a piece of Atlanta culture that resonates with us. And we're bringing it straight to you. Hence the name. Two weirdos in a closet. <laughs> This is our podcast. Resonate TL. Hello. What's up? <laughs> How are you doing, Brooksy? I'm good. I always feel awkward in these intros, don't you? Yeah, whatever. Not <laughs> like, really. Hey, how's it going, everybody that can't answer back? Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. We're glad you're here. Hey, party people. Because otherwise, we're just talking to the room. <laughs> That we're in <laughs> and it's just the cat and the dog our captive audience um is cat and a dog both um currently asleep we're here with a special interview we are um so we interviewed um ben's friend um and my new friend and someone that he's worked with professionally um in music um trip freeman uh, who is, I can't, I like that. I almost laughed at professionally. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you guys make music together. It's we did. Yeah. Uh, he was a part of a group called rising sons mm-hmm. when collective efforts was getting started and uh really cool dude. Love hanging out with him. <clears throat> I could listen to him talk for hours. I just, part of, part of interviewing people like this is that you just get to see so many dimensions of people. And especially when you don't know them that well, you get to know people really fast whenever you interview them for a podcast. And um, I just really, I think Tripp's energy is so cool. I mean, he's insightful. He's super intelligent. So so smart. And just funny. So on this episode, we're going to talk a lot about music. There's going to be a lot of references to music, to hip hop music. And... There's also, um, we talk, you know, we talk a little bit about social justice, um, for a bit and, um, Tripp's got some really good insight about that. Tripp is a lawyer, um, graduated from Emory with a law degree, does defense attorney work. And like I said, super intelligent and lots of energy. And, uh, you know, we got a little colorful language on this episode, (laughs) um, but, you know, we don't censor folks. We want to hear the true, authentic side of what he has to say. So if you are offended by <laughs> a couple F-bombs, <laughs> you might want to skip. Yeah. But you'll be missing out. Let me go ahead and tell you, you'll be missing out. So Yeah, so we, we, we want everybody that's... We want everybody to express their authentic self on our podcast. And so, yeah, if... Language gets a little colorful in this episode, but I think that the content is really strong and um, we just, we really enjoyed having him over here. I mean, we talked for hours. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want him to leave. <laughs> yeah. It was hard to edit it down. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of raw material and, yeah. um, but I think it turned out really good. It was good. It was and, great. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it again. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our interview with, uh, Trip Freeman, um, uh, Triple E Freeman. Triple E Freeman L. Greatest name ever. Greatest name ever. Um, and he's working on a, a couple projects right now. He's got, uh, uh, his, his new project is called Black Magic Jr. 
that's what he's going by. And he's put out a couple mixtapes, one of them being the Black Drake mixtape. And uh, the first one was The Invoice. And they're available on his SoundCloud. You can go check them out. So, yeah, to bring us in, uh, to bring us into the interview, I want to play a little piece of the song that uh, actually I produced way back in the day for Rising Suns. But it made it to this project, luckily. I was excited to hear it. Um, it's called Out of Gas. And it's awesome. Here it is. Real shit like the rival for King James. Hardest survival for my rivals, I bring flames. Same things make cats in solitary hang. From bed sheets, suicide, watch me get killed. For real, I live to spit skill, but shining. I bust for African stuck mining. Mothers left crying after cats stuck firing. Stacks of apps in the places that ain't hiring. Niggas who took that bed over the wire. Homeless kids rubbing their hands over the fire. Chill, my mind ill, really been up in the mental ward. Flow so sick, it really ain't coincidental, Lord. Winning mental wars, so losing in real life. First time Brian Nichols went to court, took a knife. So when the nigga took a life, why we look surprised? Should've seen it coming like a method man stage dive. No particular motive to why you won't live. Die slow with the thoughts, stiffen your focus on my signature When did we first meet? We met about like, bro, it was woo. 2001. Yeah, Rising Sun's time, like beginning the Wouldn't that early be- Rising Sun's time when we first started it off, man. What was that? The first record? What was the first record you put on? First record was High Times. It was like green vinyl. Yeah, that shit was probably the first joint. It had L I F E High Times with the song Witcher. Yeah, that was probably the first shit. Yeah, that's around the time we met, man. Shout out to More Dusty than Digital. That was what really got Rising Suns going and helped us to meet you. You know, yes. it was the fact that they kind of started fucking with us and then we got just introduced to the scene and got to know people, man. Did you grow up here? Did you mm-hmm. grow up? In- yeah, born, born and raised. Yeah, Grady baby. Southside the city hospital, you know. Yes, say y'all, they do their yeah. thing, man. Probably number one in like childbirths and gunshots. <laughs> real, real shit, they are like number one in gunshots and probably quietly number one in childbirths because they probably a lot of kids over there. But um, but yeah, I'm from Grady. Um, went to Westminster High School here in Atlanta. Worked at Greenbrier Mall. It's a funny juxtaposition of like going to a private high school but being from the hood. Like they had something back in the day, the MTM program, where they were trying to. It's like minority to majority yeah. is what they considered it. So the elementary school I was in was part of that. I went to Brandon, Mars Brandon Elementary. It was Atlanta Public City School, but it was in Buckhead, which is kind of like a nicer part of the city. And they made a conscious effort to bust in kids from the south side and have them be in those environments. So it was kind of like some real life Fresh Prince of Bel-Air of like, okay, you come from this area <laughs> and you go going way over here around some people that's not all like you, but... From Brandon, Westminster came and recruited. It was a private school, and they, I guess, at some point realized, like, we need some minority students or some more minority students. So, you know, my whole schooling process was in Atlanta, but I managed to go to some kind of cream in the crop Atlanta schools from growing up in the hood. You know, I worked a job at the mall, Greenbrier Mall, Southside of Foot Action, where every (laughs) week, man, you'll see people out there with, like, the three-carb molly or, like, the little, there's some real Atlanta shit right here. Now, you see the little sponge ball, and the three caps. And the dude got the newspaper. They be moving the little yeah. caps around. And you got to tell them what the smart man, please. Every week we'll see them dudes get into it with somebody. And they running one way down the mall. <laughs> the dudes running down the mall. And like somebody lose their money. people's money. And yeah, like they'll be people. hustling the shit out of people. But then some people wasn't for it. Like, man, I'm going to beat your ass. I know y'all all working together. Like, it just would be funny occurrences, you know. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, just genuine city of Atlanta, you know. Yeah. We were just having this a conversation about like Atlanta public schools and shit, which mm-hmm. I went to. I went to Grady. Um and talking about Shots how grip pliers too, man. Speaking, speaking, speaking to Grady, man. RP Grip. M in middle man. school. M in middle school. Live the king, man. The king. Grip pliers, you know. That question, how do how do we get to hanging, man, it really was on the strength of grip, man. I remember we played a show together at Vinyl mm-hmm. downtown one time. And after the show, everybody was just kind of hanging out. And this is when Grip still had the super long dreads. Yep. And then Shotty was like, man. Bro, you need to kind of, man, just be around more. <laughs> like, hey, man. You know? Yeah. you know, he would just open up. Like, let me know, hey, man, you all right. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's cool for you to kind of hang out. You know, so shit, Grip was really somebody that opened the door, man. And you guys were real receptive and real welcoming. And like, that shit meant a lot, bro. Cats got to rock on big stages. But I remember we opened for Diggable Planets. And like, at the time, that was a huge deal because I had never seen them do the concert for the Blowout Comb album. And they came back to Atlanta way later and did Blowout Comb, like, tour. And the shit was just sick at the loft, like, packed out house. Remember we played the last Music Midtown before they yep. shut Music Midtown down for a minute. Like, that was a mm-hmm. huge show. Mm-hmm. Devo was across the joint. Exactly. From us, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh talking about a huge show, bro. Like, yeah. man, dog, I remember running down the block. Getting into the concert and like, man, it was just cool. Ask me to run up to the gate, like, man, I'm in the show. I'm rocking the sisters, like, right. ooh, and they look like, oh yeah, yo, you actually on this list, like, come we might on, have been in a little corner of the, you Bruh. know. Nah, nah, y'all had it. Nah, no, 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 don't be like, y'all had a nice, y'all had a nice stage, nice stage, plenty of people, <laughs> like it was cool, man. Y'all literally put us on the stage on Music Midtown, and like that's the thing that's kind of missing out the Atlanta scene that people don't really appreciate, like. Bro, this is a huge stage y'all put us on. It's hard to get verses out of some of these folks out here. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get little things, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, man, Cats handed us a lot of really big looks. So anything I could ever do to help an artist, I, I'll try to do it. You know, like if it's within my power, I'm going to raise my finger to do it because there's a lot of people that showed us a lot of love, you know? Like, I really appreciate that, bro. Yeah, man. Shit. The least I could do. Yeah, that shit was crazy, man. Music Midtown, the show when you knew, like, they're not going to have Music Midtown next year. So that shit was extra packed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, they times, changed it, man. though, right? Didn't, they never did it in the same they didn't. Location. They didn't have it again for, like, then, right, three, four years well, after yeah, that, though. Remember they, it. Yeah, yeah, they went yeah. on, like, a little hiatus. <laughs> like, we played the last one for a second. That mm-hmm, shit was crazy. Mm-hmm. What's your first experience with music? First real, first real time on some, now... I guess that's different. My first experience with music was probably playing instruments in elementary school. Yeah. You know, and that, like... What was your favorite? Where'd you go to elementary, by the way? I went to Marsh Brand Elementary, and I went to Conley Hills Elementary. Conley Hills was in East Point, right by the crib. And then Brandon was when I started going to school in that city of Atlanta schools. Gotcha. But um, I think... I just want to apologize, like, my elementary instructors <laughs> who tried to teach me instruments because I never practiced... Like, I really thought the shit was going to be like The Simpsons where they just walked out and like, Wah! at least it was just so good. <laughs> so, like, I would just get my instrument and maybe, like, once a week I would go outside and be like, bah, 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 bah. like, that shit was horrible. Like, I made the band instructor throw a chair one time. No. And that's when I realized, like, man, fuck this band shit. But, like, <laughs> just, cause you, just because you couldn't do something? Nah, because I didn't ever practice, really. It wasn't she, that I could. She I mean, or he? It was a he. I ain't going to lie. It wasn't that I wasn't capable. I just wasn't working. He was like, every day you need to do this. And every day I was not but doing that. But to throw that. a chair? I mean, he was Did it really escalate to that point that it needed to have a chair involved? 
I mean, by the time you he like, was so frustrated the, that you he didn't. loved music. You know what I'm <laughs> Look at it. By the time you like the band director or whatever little school, like you probably loved music. And like maybe you couldn't have did what you wanted to do, but you still working in music. But for me to be there disrespecting that shit, like man, watch this. Like I'm gonna fuck out of here. The shit was just funny, man. And my first time, like fucking with music on some hip hop, was rocking with my homeboy LJ. Shit, my homie, his real name Larry, man. I call him LJ. His rap name was Streets, but um, he's somebody I went to school with that wanted to do hip hop, and this was before. I was fucking around with it and he invited me to he used to try to get me to do music but I used to just look at it as like you want to write during your free time and I don't know why I did like that. that shit to me just I was like I don't know I just want to run around and play like you want to sit down and write down shit like I don't know but he started taking with music more and more and kind of got me into it and one day he decided to make a demo and let me jump on one song on his demo and actually getting to go to the studio and see somebody lay the beat down. Like, he had a producer that he bought a beat from. So it was interesting seeing them fly the beat in where they flying in just one sound at a time. You getting to see, like, what the beat is going to actually turn into. What age is, uh, is this? This was probably, like, this was around senior high school. Okay. Like, senior high school, first year of college. Like, right around that transition time right there is when he was... He was like, I'm going to make my own rap. You yeah. know, you love listening to it, I'm going to make me some songs. <laughs> I'm going to make that shit. And then once he started doing it, it was like, damn, I'm like, okay. So I started actually checking it out. And then when I went to college, there was dudes there. I met Kobe. I met E-Class. They was doing their thing there with it, so... So after Westminster, where'd you go to college? With the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Gotcha. Shout out us, um... For the record, those were not our students <laughs> that <laughs> protested March. Those were motherfuckers who came from outside the town yeah. to the town to march through the school. Oh, we know who, we on know some who bullshit. They were. We know who but they were. Shout out to the university, oh, Richard, man. Richard like, they, they fucked our good name up. But yeah, yeah. UVA was really the spot that kind of birthed me to really, really fuck around with hip hop. That's why I met the dudes in Rising Sons. And that's kind of where it took on, you know, a different. And they were both from New York? Yeah, it was two dudes from New York, and I met one dude from Atlanta, Craig. There was another guy. First Rising Sons was four people. It was two guys from Atlanta, two guys from New York. And we really hooked up over, we were just cool homeboys. Like, music was a thing almost like if you hang around a bunch of people playing basketball, but you don't play, eventually you're going to start playing basketball. Right. Because you're going to watch them miss enough shots. Like, man, give me the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hearing them rap, like, they're great MCs, but shit, they everybody had that learning curve. So hearing them do it, it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna try the shit. Like, I yeah. think I can do this. Who was making beats? Kobe. Kobe. Kobe was making beats back in the day, man. Yeah, he was. He's definitely was the go-to beat man. And like, we pulled resources and got an MPC and just gave it to him on the strength of like, shit, Kobe, you are on the beats. Yeah. This is like first year in college. Yeah, he came through. He had, he used to have some like. Scratch master, a little real quick sample type joint that like he pressed it and it did like little short loops. And he, he was the kid that came up doing like the loops on the cassette tapes and sure, shit. Like sure. he was absolutely gonna be a producer because that's just always what the fuck he was into, you yeah. know. Like, so you guys were rising suns throughout college, or yeah, we were rising suns through, for the four years through college. It's crazy because our records then. Yeah, we put out uh, two singles while we were in school at UVA. And then one single afterwards, but like our first show when we were in school, <laughs> the first concert we ever did, we opened for Outkast or Blackstar. 
But then after that, she turned back into pumpkins. Like, okay, now <laughs> welcome to life as brand new hip hop artist, and you'll be playing, you know, love bars and wherever the fuck you can goddamn get to play. Reality but, sets. Yeah, but like this shit was just ill to get to see that, you know, like life on that level. Shit, we got to meet Most Def. Most Def was hella cool. Mm-hmm. Other thing Most Def say every time I done met him is give thanks. Yeah, thanks. Like, damn, that's some real shit. You know, that's that. That's something to keep up with. I met him about two, three times. Hey, man, you know, what's up, bro? Give thanks. Give thanks. WIC. Tell me how that got started. WIC got started, man, from Mud and I just enjoying each other's company, man. Like, we we happened to do a few random songs on the Humbug, fucking with different artists, like the thing we did with Menomina. And I feel like I maybe recorded one or two other things with them, but. Outside of that, he was with this group, Rare Form, this DJ crew. And Rare Form was DJing a lot of spots out, man. They were doing a night over at the East Side Lounge and doing other things in the streets, maybe like nomenclature or different spots that were just still kind of pop. And then mm-hmm. I would just see Mud out, you know, every so often we see each other. He'd be DJing, always a real good dude, man. Shit, buy you a drink, chop it up with you, check and see how you're doing, like, one thing I started knowing and noticing and doing music or going out was that like you may see cats a lot, but there's some people that depending on when you see them is how the, it depends on how they're at. And there's some people that always acted the same. Like if you see them and it's what up, then it's always what up. Some people you see them, you go to speak and it's like they don't know you or they got an attitude this week. And Mud was just always <laughs> solid, you know. He yeah. always was a good guy. Always, hey, how you doing? Just, you know, solid dude, not too intoxicated. You can hold a conversation with him, like, mm-hmm. just really up on the pulse of things, man, playing good records, playing cool shit. So you knew based on what he was playing, he knew what was up, you know. And so Not only that, but producer extraordinaire. I mean, yeah, he would give but us, the, the songs that he put on the Collective Efforts projects were some of the my favorite tracks. I mean, In Your Mind and the Growth Series. Yeah, yeah. Like, woo. Nah, he, he was coming with it, man. But it was funny because, like, before I even knew how talented he was, I think I just, like, respected him as a person to see, like, man, let's work, you know? Let's Absolutely. let's just see about getting something done. And then Corey Calico, who's the other MC in WIC, the guy that, like, was one of the most, man, just pure authentic lyricists, man, that I ran into in the streets. Like, there was a lot of people... Rhyming, but he was always consistent. Same way Mud was consistently a good dude, Corey was consistently gonna spit. Like every time I seen Corey, he was on that shit to the point that he won battles in the street and he just was, you know, that guy. Even when it wasn't as cool for Cash to be out rapping, you still see Corey and he was gonna have some bars for you. The I see, like, man, Mm -hmm. I just wanna work with this guy. Yeah. Like he just got a lot of energy. I respect what he does and I just wanna work with him. So it was cool that once Mud and I, Started working together. Mud and I did a solo project. Um, he recorded this record for me called Sounds Like a Hustle. That was the first trip solo record. Mm. That shit came off good. It was fun, but that was something that we kind of threw together. Man, I had some songs that I already brought to the table. Kind of like a potluck type of record for yes. me. But then after we did that, Mud and I was like, man, let's make a record in which we really just start to finish you know, build it. And then the more we talked about it, it was like, man, let's actually just make a group. You know, is there anybody else you want to work with? Discussions. And we brought in Corey. And from there, you know, it was a nice little fit, man. We made probably about three or four real good records together. You yeah, know? Yeah. So how'd you come up with the switching out the acronyms and shit? Like, we invented cool. Because thinking the name sucks. <laughs> thinking the name just fucking sucks. So, like, we argued yeah. and came with shitty names for like two to three weeks. 
<laughs> and we were making music and we couldn't even shout shit out in the music because right, we ain't got right. no fucking name. So then finally it was just like, what is this shit? You know, like, mm-hmm. we wanted to be cool, but it kind of is some bootleg shit. And we just ran with it. Like, we have any cool made sense, but why now is like either carrier heating and cooling somewhere in the city that has big ass billboards we invented cool on them no this is what happens we don't trademark your shit though yeah years later now you guys can run our name all over no. here and there but whatever i mean we it is what it is cool. we invented cool we still came up with that shit man wic and then it was so fun of like yeah let's have a name that's an acronym so now no one can even say what it is exactly and every show, we can have a portion in which we waste two to three minutes of letting people just yell out WIC. Shit. So, so was what was like, the second record? What was the WIC for in the second one? And which, what do you mean? Second, oh, oh, the first, yeah, the second one was probably Wasted in Cypher. Wasted in Cypher. Wasted in Cypher, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That was the second. Shout out H2O and the artwork for Wasted in Cypher. Yeah. Us just pouring up 40s. That yes, shit was slick. That was awesome. Yeah, and then words in, I think we may have did a words in color. Words in color. At one point. Like, nice. Yeah, WIC was. Different colors, cool. Like, we just had a lot of fucking fun. One time I threw raw meat in the crowd. Ooh. Yeah. That was a legendary one. That, that was, was always fun. Uh, I mean, we just, yeah, the shit was just, it was just a good time. Like, Wick shows used to be a lot of fun. It was like a party. That was our whole thing. It was like, we want to. Mud's big thing is party rocking. Yeah. So it was like, we want to party rock. And even more than that, we want to have a literal party on stage. Like, we we're going to be. Damn near like the Beastie Boys or like Digital Underground. Like okay. that's how I wanted to be. Like, you know, the concept was let's just have a literal party on stage. Yeah, it. It was, y'all were fun. The Black Drake mixtape. Because I talked about the passion, I talked about rising, so I yes. talked about Wick, but like right now what I'm doing is Black Magic Jr. And this ain't gonna sound cocky because I ain't got no lot of fans, but I don't know how to link all my fans to even get them to understand. I got fans that liked Rising Sun. Sure. I got fans that like WIC. Of course. And I got fans that like Black Magic Jr. Yep. But that would, are in totally different generations sometimes, age-wise. Mm-hmm. And there's no overlap. Or these people over here don't even know, hey, that's the same guy who was over here doing this. Is the same guy that's in this. Or, in like, it's kind of weird. Yeah, but, like, man, yeah, the, the Black Magic Jr. thing is what it is now. You know, like, that's kind of where... The road ended up for where me. Did a lot that come, of where did he come from? That character. Now the funny part is like the, the actual name came from a game. It sucks picking a name. So I was like, damn, what the fuck? And I would always ride on 285 and pass the MLK sign. Mm-hmm. And when you see the MLK sign, it's always MLK and, and caps and then yeah. like Junior or some right other shit. Where I'd always see that shit. And I was like, fuck MLK Junior, MLK Junior. Mike hmm. Magic Junior. BLK. MJK JR. I love it. And when I looked at it, it just reminded me of the way the shit used to look on the signs and the way the shit just looked when you see the MLK Jr. signs. Mm-hmm. But then the funny part was like me doing that. Now that I've sent it off to artists and do it and doing business with other people, every blue, sometimes they still write it as BLK MLK Jr. So they oh, I'm sorry, really? they write black and it comes off as like black milk almost <laughs> but it's like they get confused and want to just put MLK they MLK, they're so used Junior, to MLK exactly. they don't put MJK Damn, but I just crazy. did that shit on a play from Dr. King man like I I got way into magic in terms of just learning and reading and understanding like looking into occult stuff and just shit just learning and seeing and like all that shit has to do with energy you know so much stuff that people really be 
afraid and spooked out with has to do with a lot of symbolism, energy, and just understanding yourself and, like, you know, utilizing your mind and your willpower to create your reality, you know, all that. Even people are just telling you, hey, man, you have the power to control your own destiny. As you yeah. think it, it'll be all that field of dream shit or the secret. Meditation. All, all that, that stuff. Yeah, going within, like, magic. Like, yeah, I want to really show, okay, we could tell you dumb shit, but we could also tell you a key to unlock yourself. Mm-hmm. And so why not create a product that's hopefully going to be aimed at helping people just wake up themselves, you know? Because the older I got, the more I started having to be less judgmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, like now, you know, I was raised in a Christian church. So by the time I'm not putting out a record called Black Magic, shit, that might not even be okay with what I learned growing up. But at the same time, I still i am a strong believer in God. It's not that I'm sitting here saying I'm worshiping the devil as much as like, hey, God made, gave me the ability to think and realize and understand that whatever it is, is the creator give you eyes and ears to hear and see and like, Look at science, you know, don't just take everything based on what somebody telling you. Some things do your own research. And as you listen to Black Magic Junior records, like I'm not trying to show you yay or nay. You know, there's there's a pile of whatever you can do it. You cannot do it. This is what's going on, you know. So I just wanted the Black Magic Junior shit to just be reality music. I used to want to save the world. I feel like Rising Suns, we want to save the world and praying like a, more optimistic picture I think WIC we kind of didn't give a fuck we just wanted to have a party mm-hmm. and this one with Black Magic Junior I'm just tell me about what. so the invoice that was the first one the invoice the invoice project is funny man because this dude Chad Rafford reviewed it with Creative Loaf and he got an invoice four out of five stars like invoice got a great uh, rating that was the first Black Magic Junior album and he what asked was me. So what was your character on? I mean, well, he like, asked me afterwards. He was like, man, like, are you like on a mission? Or like, what is the, you know, like, what you on with this? And like, my whole thing with the invoice was just on some, it's some dumb shit, but on some real life magical shit. Like, as a black male today in society, like, eh, a large part we getting kind of took advantage of, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's, as you look into history, you'll start to see that, some black people came here on boats and some black people was already here on the soil when the boats pulled up. So then you start to look and see, well, if I'm at home and if I was possibly at the crib the whole time, then if this shit is coming, been, you know, kind of set on top of me, then what is owed to me if this is my crib? And if our ancestors agreed to do business and there's literally treaties at law and there's things at law that's just not honored, like my name is Tripoli. When you look in the law, you see there's the Treaty of Tripoli. You know, you'll look up things and see, like, well, there were certain things that were supposed to be done certain ways that just didn't really get handled. And there was nobody that... Tripoli free man. Yeah. And so it was like, it was kind of like put on me. You know what I'm saying? And then I became a Moor in the process. When I started, I was just black. In the process, I became a Moor. So now my name is Tripoli Freeman L. And like, even learn more just about myself and then looking at it, seeing like, well... Okay, even if I feel there's something owed to me, I didn't ever call the dead in. You know, a lot there's a theory of abandonment. Like as an attorney, I started learning there you can be your rights can be abandoned, or you can just if you don't call it in on somebody, it's not to say they have to respect it. You know, if we have a contract but one side breaches and the other side doesn't say anything, we still keep performing, then you may go on like, hey, it's cool, you know, but at the same time if you blow the whistle and you say, Hey man, this is not right, or here's the invoice for the damage that was done. The invoice was like literally an invoice to say, hey, for the greatest state that is America and the way this shit's just been ran all through, this is what you owe us. 
You know, this is the bill for it. So you can never say that nobody tried to speak up or nobody ain't, you know what I'm saying? Nobody didn't try to speak up or we was just that dead asleep. Like, here's literally the invoice. So just to say that for all the bullshit, man, human trafficking, and it's not even so much a black, white, as much as like a power versus powerless, you know? Like, yeah, there's people who are literally in the city, man. Atlanta's a human trafficking hub. Yeah. And we don't think about that. We don't talk about that. Nobody. That's not something nobody sees and everybody tries to act like it's whatever. But like, these motherfuckers got to answer to something. Like, well, here's an invoice. This here's is an invoice. Something to say. You all, you're all on notice and you all you're owe. <laughs> you fucking owe. Like, you bastards would not. Like, I don't care if we got to handle this on the other side in the afterlife. But then after that record, I realized, like, man, off that shit, nobody cares. Maybe you're just too up there right now. You know, <laughs> like, come down. So the next record, I realized, like, man, people want to have fun. What's, the, what's your favorite song tape. off the invoice, though? <sighs> favorite song off the invoice? That's tough. Either this song, Disco's Revenge, just a real mm-hmm. short little joint. Possibly, ew. Possibly walking in the clouds. This joint I got to do with uh, shout out Flick James, man. Flick James on the track. Shout out Goldyard. Shout out Man Man Savage. That shit is mm-hmm. sick. And his other song, Struggling. It's like this funk song that I damn near stole from the studio. I fucked with the studio. I recorded that damn near 10 years ago. And they had this song that this dude was just singing on. Still had a copy of it, looped it, and just rhymed on it. Like the dude worked at Kroger. Dude worked at Kroger and just went to the studio one day and dropped his vocals. And if you listen to the song, I'll tell you, like, man, I don't, you know, in the verses, this guy's just some guy from Kroger came and did this, but his voice is like an angel. I mean, like, the dude sounds like an Do angel you know on the track. Is? You know, having the foggiest, having the foggiest. But the shit part is, had I not jumped on the track and recorded it, the world would never have heard no it. No one would hear it, yeah. Okay, the Black Drake mixtape. Yeah. Who, tell me about that. How that yeah. came about, and why are you the black trick? <laughs> <laughs> it came about really on some dumb shit, man. I hate to say it came about some being faded, but like it, it was a joke, man. Of just like, what if Drake was just a black ass hood nigga? It's just <laughs> <laughs> that shit would just be fancy and laughable. <laughs> this, this is how it came to part. If people laugh, I know like, I'm gonna just keep going and shit. Like just like if Drake. Not to say he's not, but if Drake was just like a day-to-day dude rapping you about your day-to-day shit, what would he tell you being in the hood from maybe a perspective that's not like... If he really started from the bottom? Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't start in this game after a TV show, you know what I'm saying? Like, I started from the very bottom, but... And learned from the best. For people listening to this, I, I love that I get to clear this up. People listen, it's not necessarily a diss to Drake in that only reason I would say Black Drake mixtape is because he's on top of the game. You know what I'm saying? He's that nice with it that, like, I think he's an awesome, prolific artist. So I'm looking at it like, but if you had a black-ass hood nigga making all kind of songs like that and just as prolific with the pen, but actually writing his own lyrics, you know, because the shit came out. You're taking it a little more, not commercial, but a more accessible, I would say, to commercial ears, to listeners. Just not in front of your mom. It's just a little more scrappy, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how vulgar it was till afterwards. I, I actually was chilling. I was at my girl's house and listen, for the holidays, and her family was playing music. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, damn, okay. They started playing some hip-hop. Like, oh, wow. So they playing, like, the J. Coles. They playing, like, the Chance the Rappers. Okay. And I'm really listening to these dudes' That's lyrics, uplifting. and I'm like, damn. 
I'm like, my shit is really in the gutter right now. <laughs> I got to really do better next project. Like, I don't, you can't play me at no family gathering on the Black Drake mixtape. But somewhere, my mama still got to smile and be like, this is my son. This is what my son made. Like, so there's a realism. Better, there's a know? realism to it and a, uh, a playful, whatever. Be yourself. Have fun with it. It came from you. It's true, authentic trip. And it's fucking dope. It's fun, man. It's fun. That's that's along the line of that, like, grip pliers. Like, man, just right. do you. Because I know any day if I would ask, man, wait a minute. Hey, do you, trip? Don't hold back. <laughs> just do you. So just that was me. that was where that took me, you know. But then it was funny because the new record, now I'm at it. Since then, I, the brand new project is Black Magic Jr. Spell Number 9. Okay. And the Spell Number 9 project is like... It's more wholesome, you know. Like it's still a hardcore record. It's still a good record, but like overall, I was trying to make something that, like, man, let you be able to play this around your fam again. So no guest appearances. No guest. So last the Black Drake mixtape, you had Man Man Savage. Black Black Drake tape, we had Man Man Savage. We had Goyard, Big Chico, Mm -hmm. Grip Pliers, Grip Pliers, Fat Man Key. Um, and you had an international version of this shit hosted by Hood Rich King. By Hood Rich. Okay. Yeah, shout out Hood Rich too, man. Them dudes got a real strong presence in the streets and on the mixtape circuit. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was shit. It was lovely, man. Just getting get on the wave of that, like man. I probably got damn near twenty five thousand views, man, just from Hood Rich and that. Like they put Beautiful. the pride, they put the tape on Spinrilla, and they put the tape on live mixtapes. And, like, those aren't even crazy numbers, but, shit, that's good numbers to me. Like, 25,000 people yeah. got to check the project out, you know. But at the same time, we in the age where, shit, you got some people, first day out, man, they jumping off 100,000, 200,000. So, you know, the, the game has changed, too. It's funny, man, to me doing the project. And then now I'm finna pay somebody to just yell on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't record all these songs painstakingly, and I'm not going to get you a bag if you just holler and do whatever you want on my shit. And that's what I need to do to get the cosign. Like, I appreciate them for doing it. I'm did not you even making get light extra out of guest it. appearances on it yourself as well? Mm hmm. You did that. Mm hmm. So you, and then you pay for the cosign. Mm hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, nah, that shit, like, the, the, and shout out to everybody who participated with the project, man. Like, I don't know. Anybody ever do any music with me, man? No, in my heart of hearts, like, man, I pray for you every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real, man, from the production to the DJs to the lyricists. No, if you ever been on any of my records, like, man, I hold you in high esteem Mm -hmm. and pray that most high watch over you the same way most high watch over me and you always be blessed in all your endeavors. Like, I appreciate people so much for just getting down and doing some work with me. Like, motherfuckers don't think about it because I got cats I don't did records with probably don't rock with me to this day. They're like, man, please, you still under the umbrella in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always have love for anybody that I get the chance to really chop it up and just share that energy with like making music we this this shit we did gonna last forever exactly. you know like, true. Shit, true. we got we gotta always somehow be connected just through this audio track you yeah. know what's right. uh what would you say is well if you can pick one what's hmm. your favorite <clears throat> collaboration i don't know you know i i hate to hate to be on my my little Uzi Vert, but uh, <laughs> each one of my songs is kind of special to me in its own regard, you know, because each process is so different. Good answer. That is like, just the, each one comes from a totally different story, you know, kind of went through something different. Most times recorded at a different studio and or 
you know, just the energy of the process was different. So mm-hmm. that's really hard. That's something I, I I can't. You know, I don't even have a set of answer to. Right, let's change. You know, anything I favorite. anything I ever got to do though. I, I mean, there's certain people that are just more lively in the studio than others. Like, I mean, Grip is a legendary talent, but Grip is also just a ton of fun. So anytime I ever got to work with him on something. It's legendary session to me because it's just funny as hell, you know, sitting around with this dude like legendary session. Okay. Clowning. Me and Grip made a song called Fuck That Shit one time. <laughs> the song got made, but it was a time in which we left the studio and there was maybe one or two little things we just wanted to touch up. We was gonna come back. Of course when we leave, somehow the shit the file gets lost. But we managed to play that song at the second A3C. We actually got to play the song at the show, and people were going crazy. Where'd you like, people record never. It? We recorded it with Rockmos at his spot, man, in East and uh, EAV area, and like that song never even got finished. But that was one of my favorite sessions because we just bought a bunch of slits <laughs> and got super faded, and the song was literally called "Fuck That Shit." So you could like <laughs> do no wrong during the session. Like anything you said on the track was like, "Oh yeah, fuck that shit, put it on there, yeah, yeah." So like. <laughs> It was just fun, and we played the song out one time in the public at A3C, which is a big ass festival, and people loved it. Everyone was singing the hook because the hook was simple, and they could repeat it. Fuck so you that still shit. had the beat, you just and, didn't have. Uh, you yeah, we didn't. had. I mean, even to then, we had the song, but like, Not I can't say either. we was borderline Hollywood, but we just didn't make it back to the studio in time, and gotcha. the computer crashed. You gotcha. know, back in the day, computers yeah. was always crashing, but and you never went back everything. and remade it. We literally said, fuck that shit. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it was that fun, you know? But like, that's something that never even manifested in the song, but was an awesome sesh, you know, for like just sitting around doing some shit for six hours to say fuck that you never got to hear. No, I I never got to hear it. Yeah, you know, like, oh, but like, it was awesome, fun times, you know? I might have been at the A3C show, you know? So, who did the artwork for Black Drake? Who? The Black Drake mixtape, man. Shouts out to. Flux, the one to bat because I had two covers on it. Flux did the first joint, man. Shouts out Flux, man. Incredible artist. He's working on a few things. Did some Rising Suns covers for us. And also, shouts out to Frico. Shout out Binkus Records. Frico Rico, man. Um, Frico. Yeah, yeah. The boy Frico, man. Way big in the graphic game out here. He's done work for a lot of artists. He did the water cover for Ugly God. That's like, dope. Frico drew some ill shit out PD did. He drew the Jamaican spot that's down on Edgewood. He drew a picture of himself in there ordering from the restaurant. I can't think of the name of it right offhand, but you go in there and there's a picture of him from behind at the counter looking at the menu ordering some shit. You're like, this is so meta. Like, what the fuck? Like, this shit is weird as shit. That's awesome. But Frico's blowing up, man. There's a lot, a lot of people really fucking with him. And he actually is ill on the mic. Fuck around, dude can rhyme. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 bro. I actually got flow, man. Nice. That shit. Yeah, come does with, he do, come does with he have a project coming out? I don't I don't even know if he gives that much of a fuck, man. Just I think he just like, he dropped a single that was crazy. And I was like, well, man, oh. freak, I got nice on the mic. But I don't know, man. Shout out to Chili O, man. Chili O had me out a lot on the visuals in terms of just like shit, um, the actual videos and stuff like that are like, man, a real, real awesome creative and just like a 
Great artist, entrepreneur. I'm real good energy, man. Somebody that wants to kind of see a lot of unity and a lot less fuckery I mean, his, on the scene. His, so that's his Instagram good. handle is Chilio Loves You. How did yeah. you not? Yeah. I mean, how could he? In a world in which people are like, my Instagram is, I hate such and such. <laughs> Isn't like, right. He got big off such. of the shirts. Uh, <laughs> oh, he got big off the shirts that, I don't know, Big Boy co-signed mm-hmm. him on the ATL with the hearts. The uh, What's the? Yeah, the AT- yeah, yeah, the ATLian with the, yeah, with the, the heart, heart logo. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, Chili. He's had a few designs, man. That you fuck around, you see some some big names. He's got names some retro reorders that just came out. I just Coming saw back. His, uh, yes. on his site. Yeah. Doing it like Nike, boy, uh-huh. bringing it back. Bring it back. Because those of us we not need in some the love right now. He time. said the hearts are a little bigger this time because we need more love. Oh, nice. I think <laughs> I saw that right somewhere. <laughs> that's that's fucking true. Anyway, you know, definitely right true, that. man. So okay, spell number nine. I want to know about spell number nine. This is you. You said you're bringing back to the more. Spell number nine trip. is like, yeah, it's kind of like a, nah, man, it's ain't nothing wrong with wholesome, man, you know, like, it's fine, I, I, I make music like I have kids and I have no children, which is funny, I make music thinking like, well, what if the youth hear it, like, you got no kids, you can be saying whatever on the record, you know, I think it's funny when you see artists have children and then they start to think about, well, what are the youth gonna get? Like you didn't think about that before you had kids. You really didn't and give that much thing, of a fuck, huh? The kids are gonna <laughs> listen to it more if you don't do that. That's yeah, exactly. The catch twenty two exactly. is they're listening to the guys that aren't caring about that, mm-hmm. right? So, so don't, don't do it for the kids. Don't do it for your mom. Uh, this this, this spell number nine shit. I want to show like. I'm a defense attorney. That's my day to day. Rap don't pay me. I, mm-hmm. I rap if you listen to my records. Thank you, but you ain't sending no money over here. Well, thank you but for like, rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, rap don't pay me, and my real job would pay me as an attorney. I do defense work, and I get to see a lot of people in all kinds of situations. You know, I'm not saying it one way or the other, and there's ain't even no jokes about it, but like, there's a lot of things suggested to you in music or in art or in pop culture that you should do that if you really follow these people's suggestions you're going to be in the world of trouble in the real world Mm -hmm. and as an attorney I wind up dealing with people in situations where it's like man that's the other side of trapping Mm -hmm. it's the other side of gang activity it's the other side of whatever the way you see like they didn't tell you nothing about that in the music or in the show and they tell you once you get caught and then nobody you was doing crime with get caught, they might not even put a dollar on your books and you just I gonna mean, lose people, all your fucking possessions and you're just up the creek and you might not really make no money. Do people learn that from music though? It romanticizes uh, sure. a lifestyle. And, and desensitization. You know, it's just all day yes. I'm hearing somebody say, man, sell a brick. Shoot that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Do whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, like, nah, you telling me it might not make me do it. By the time I literally heard that 75 times, mm-hmm. 20 times, 30 times, time I get an altercation, it may be that much easier for me to up and bust on you. Mm-hmm. Or time I actually feel a little financial pressure, it may be that much easier for me to say, I'm just finna go hustle. And like, you, everybody might not be cut out for some of these lanes. You know, I'm not saying like the guy who's recording is saying he might have did that. Or he might have not even did that. But either way, that don't mean that, like, it needs to be damn near broadcast and shown to people as this is the the first choice. If you listen to Top 8 today, you listen to the radio, these motherfuckers got you thinking, like, everybody's an outlaw and everybody's hustling for theirs. And the majority of people are people going to work. 
Right. Man, listeners got to be real with themselves, man. The majority of people listen to music, got regular ass jobs, doing regular ass shit, and there's not, nothing wrong with being regular. You know, like, I don't know, the, the, the Spell Number Nine Project is trying to show, like, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, but at the same time, as you make decisions, there's consequences. And you're going to have to deal with them one way or the other. I'm not telling you do this. I'm not telling you don't do that. But I'm going to just try to show you a fuller picture because, like, I'm blessed enough to have gone from being the person who was almost finna be in trouble to now being the person that people call when they get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And when people call me and they in trouble in criminal defense, man, I hate to say it, but nine times out of ten, like, before I became an attorney... I was that much more mad at law enforcement and the law and the system. But now actually working in this shit and seeing it as a defense attorney, I hate to say it, but people make a lot of stupid ass decisions that put themselves in harm's way or put themselves in the path of the system and make it so the system can put time on them and do all this shit. Some of it is like, man, these people got a lot of stuff to be worried about. If you just make good decisions, you'll stay out the way. It'll be hard for you to wind up in some of these situations. It is kind of like... Gear, geared against young black men. I mean, no, I think I mean, it is, way. but I think do like, you see more. It, it is exactly. a certain degree, but we do it to ourselves in the sense of like just mental programming, what we choose to put on a pedestal, what we choose to think is cool. You know, I say that as a member of the class. Like, if I mean, when I was little, I came up listening to Easy E, Two Live Crew, and all the fuck shit. But at the same time, I had people in my life that was around me showing me. Hell, other options. You may have some people that they listen to that. They may not have as many options. And then gang activity is a lot more prevalent in Atlanta than it used to be. So now you have more kids that's growing up literally in gang situations. The culture, the music is gang. If I turn on most of the mainstream shit, they're talking about gang this, gang that. And it's like casual for people to be in what are major, you know, major gangs. So, man, when a lot of these dudes get locked up, it still just be their mama and their girl. Hmm. Actually fucking with him No matter how many people They said they was cool with in the streets Just down the third You be still in the same Little bullshit situation Like there's something On the On the Black Magic Jr. Spell number nine Project I got a song called Felony Murder Felony Murder Breaks down the concept That we know as criminal attorneys What is called felony murder Which means that if You and I decide to go On a, a Criminal enterprise To go do whatever Say we decide to go Steal some shit me and you, Cody's, we gonna steal some shit. You make any wild out decision, or anybody else in our crew make any wild out decision and kill somebody, we're now all charged with murder mm-hmm. under what's considered felony murder. Mm-hmm. So that means I might have, like, the plan might have been, man, we finna go in here and shake these people down, take $100, get the hell on. You got there, you got nervous, you done bust this motherfucker, you ran off. Now I'm charged with a murder. And the only thing I was really supposed to do as we talked about and we left the crib was I was supposed to go in. Get this little whatever thing that was a misdemeanor or a lesser felony, and nobody was supposed to die. Mm-hmm. But you have situations all the time Again, where people go off and do shit. But the bad decisions, like you know, I, I I probably shouldn't have put myself in that situation in the first place. But by the time all that happens, I can't say the cops framed you. I can't be mad and say how wrong it was. I can't even blame Trump. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be mad at nobody other than like, motherfuckers got to make better decisions. Do you decisions. think education has something to do with it? What do you think? I think education does have, have a have lot a, to do with it. Education and education, Does that help you? Did that help you overcome more I mean, so than yes people who no, might've got it, stuck in? It might've helped me. 
take the time to say, okay, I'm going to chill out and think this through. But at the same time, like, nah, because there's plenty of smart people, man. School don't really got shit to do with necessary mm-hmm. intelligence. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of brilliant, smart people that didn't have education or whatever, but they still got the common sense enough to know. I just think that music is literally programming. Yeah. You know, as the radio says, we're programming this for your drive time. We're programming that. You're programming people's minds. Mm-hmm. So if they feed you violence most of the day or they feed you like what is to me a lower energy most of the time, then that's how you gonna behave as somebody that's soaking it up for the most part. Like I wanna make some shit that sound just as hard on that type of beat, just as slang talk, just as fun, but at the end of the day it's kinda showing you, hey man, you know, like maybe you don't do all the way that stupid ass shit because mm-hmm. and or if you do that stupid ass shit, this is what happened after the song go off. Yeah. Right. They just gonna tell you to the part where you was running off with the cash, but like most there's so few kingpins mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying there's so few fucking kingpins most people's shit just be shorter than that you know like it don't, it don't go like that or so like somebody gotta tell you that in the game like come on man I think that I agree with what you're saying about the education and then also if you are in um, I think this is just for a lot of poverty situations you know generational cycles of poverty create generational cycles of crime and things like that. Mm -hmm. If kids are shown, or if your education allows kids to see so many other options than the route that they're going, I feel like they're better, they're going to make better decisions because... I mean, it's tough because a lot of these kids aren't, it's not that people are like bad or have intentionally like mm-hmm. want to go out and do the wrong thing but you got so many people with nothing to do right so many kids with n- not shit popping so they looking at it like i ain't got nothing to do i'm bored or i'm gonna do whatever gonna yeah the situation yeah and the thing yeah. i want to show is like man you can create something else for yourself you know everybody might not go on to be a lawyer the same way everybody might not go on to play sports but like everybody can go on to do whatever you know like Shit, I wanted to rap and do that, and I felt like rap a bus, but at some point I had to recognize, hey, maybe I got to put something else in place just to still afford me a certain lifestyle, and I can still do my art. I can still make my music. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people in the hood that don't see me. They just gave me problems on strength of like, bro, I just respect you because you've been still doing what you wanted to do. At least you're still making music. And hey, man, don't just keep making music. Don't stop. Just It's good to see you still doing it, and that feels good, but then it also feels good to know that and day of my life's not dependent on music. Right. You know, so many musicians, at least in like rap and popular rap, sell the listeners so much on like this, put all your eggs in this one basket. Or like, if you don't make it, taking a risk, you can't make it. And like, man, you can make it doing other things. Like if you figure out a good three yard play in society, you'll be a-okay. You may not get the fastest money, but if you get three yards every time you touch the ball, you're going to win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's some shit. Like that's a you, good football analogy. You're going to win. If you just keep walking <laughs> it forward, don't get too thrown off, you're going to make it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, Slow and steady. Uh, and at what cost? Like, if that was, if you're a musician and that's your only thing, then you're going to do whatever, even if you don't agree with it. Yeah. Or I mean, but go hard happen? now. If you like 20 years old, man, go crazy in this shit, man. Cut mm-hmm. your hair, paint your hair purple. <laughs> like, go wild. Like, go all out. But at the same time, recognize, hey, man. Put yourself in a position that even if that don't crack for you, mm-hmm. you still got something else that popping. And you can yeah. still, you know, you still just live the lifestyle you want to live. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's important. Cool. Man, and as I appreciate you continuing to make music, you know. Hey, man, I appreciate you continuing to listen and even being interested enough to check me on the podcast, man. Like, shit, that's cool, man. It's an honor, man. It's you know, honor. thank you, man. It's, it's cool to be able to do and, like, shout out, man. Folks in Atlanta that's making music, man. If there's anybody I didn't mention, man, I'm sorry. You know, there's a lot of people that help and do a lot along the way. So, there's you know, no way to mention everybody. Never ungrateful, but I did get to a point where I recognized, like, I've done a lot of things in music that I wanted to do. You know, a lot of the people that was around me, my peers that I wanted to work with, I've been blessed to get to work with them. So that part is cool. You know, I started to get in and see, like, man, we in Atlanta. It's a musical city. Yeah. So we know what it is to make music in Atlanta. You know, like, of course, I would love for this shit to get out to a bigger stage and a bigger audience. But at the same time, I'm getting to make a lot of cool shit I really like. You know, so I can sit back and press play and have hours of music. And I'm like, yeah, this shit is great. You know, so like that shit feel good. You know, that's yeah. what you started it for to make some shit Milestones. you thought was dope. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, well, shit, I still get to make dope shit. That's exactly. cool to me. I remember when mm-hmm. I played a show with uh, Live on Arrival. We played a show with Gil Scott Heron mm-hmm. at the Cotton Club, mm-hmm. and I said, I, I can, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I can go to bed. I can sleep peacefully now. I'm just saying and that's yeah, real yeah, shit milestones. though. Because it's time milestones. you do that though, but once you've done something that's substantial. It kind of puts it in perspective for you. The little things that we do, they make ripples that are bigger. You know, just keep just keep working, doing what you're doing, man. Trip, uh, you're what up? You're uh, an inspiration, man. Hey, man, shit, same <laughs> to you, bro. And like, man, thank you for all the good looks through the years, man. And thank you for contributing to the catalog. Like, bro, I'm sitting right here next to you. Cause shit, I know if I need you for some shit, you'd be sitting right next to me, man. Like, thank you, bro. And you know? tell your folks you love them every day. Hey, man, because you don't know how long they get to stay, man. It should be faster than you think. So let's Absolutely. appreciate one another. Let's be cool to each other. Or, you know, say at least try to be cool to each other. It is what it is, man. Shouts out Collective Efforts, too, man. Shouts out to the fellas that's not here, man. Yes, sir. Bamboo, J. Mills, Shit Cree. You know, like, what's good, everybody, man? Because y'all always been A1 in my book. Thank y'all, man. Spread love. Hell uh, yeah. Peace out. Give thanks. Black Morris, now look around every time economically we 
found at the bottom Thumbing two fingers, got him We started like the government I meant to say retarded Spent more for war than for us to live more What's more? Somehow we fitted the bill Chill, think about it Now you really wanna kill But it's bigger than Trip Freeman It's Gilbert Grape Murdering black males and destroying the tape By shaking your left hand Swearing pieces the way But if they own you on paper Really what can you say? So that was our interview with Trip. Yeah, that was good. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we definitely got to get him back over here and talk about some more stuff, man, because he's got a a wealth of knowledge. And uh, the song that we were playing out of the interview is also on the invoice. So uh, definitely check that whole album out and all of his projects. But it's called SOS featuring Grip Pliers and yours truly. Yeah, so we are... Um uh, we'll be make sure to share uh, anything that Tripp's got going on in the future with his with his music, and we just want to thank him so much for coming over and just <laughs> like entertaining us for several hours just with his energy and um, he's just one of those people that like emotes just joy and smile and you can't you can't be around him and not smile. So thanks for coming over and uh, making our night fun. And, um, yeah, so we, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, you can, um, like I said, we'll share some information. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash resinatl. Um, or we're also on Instagram at resinatl or on SoundCloud. Please subscribe, follow, um, at resinatl on SoundCloud. Also, if you're listening on an iDevice... Okay, we are on um, the podcast app. Please take a moment to, and on iTunes, please take a moment to um, review and um, subscribe if you want to, but rate and review um, so that we can kind of get more listeners that are looking for Atlanta-based podcasts. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for uh, kicking in with us, and we'll be back next week with uh, some more uh, recommendations. And then... uh, Keep it moving. Yep. All right. Y'all have a good week. Peace.